This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Bach beers. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. As always, drink responsibly yep. mm-hmm. with these episodes. Uh, was there a particular reason this was on your mind? Uh, in our sort of rotation of topics, uh, I realized that, that we were... Uh, we, we we could very well do a, a drink, perhaps an alcoholic one, if we so chose. And so I was kind of doing a light Google of like, oh, yeah, like like what kind of beers uh, are coming out right now? And yeah, I was like, oh, box. It's totally box season. So let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I'm pretty new to the world of box. I mean, new. It feels new to me. But okay. uh, I'd say like six years ago. I went to Austin. It wasn't for our South by Southwest trip. Okay. That was fateful and decided the show (laughs) would happen. Uh, I I went and I have a good friend who is from Austin, Mm -hmm. Texas, and she gave me kind of like what I do with the map. She made me a map. Oh, yeah, yeah. She gave me all these tips and uh, she said, "Uh, is it Lubbock County in Texas? They're they're dry county, Mm -hmm. but they have this really famous barbecue place and she was like what you do is you wait in line you're gonna wait in line for hours but you get Shinerbach which is Texas uh, Bach beer uh-huh. and you just drink in the line and it's gonna be great and that's what I did and then a tornado happened oh. and then the whole day was wild and if you ever oh. want to hear about it you can find me over a Bach beer because <laughs> I will not forget <laughs> everything that went Oh, wrong that day. Wow. But the Bach beer was good and the barbecue was good. And I saw Mad Max Fury Road at that theater. The draft The, the Alamo, Alamo Draft, draft, draft House. Okay. Yeah, um, well, uh, I'm sorry yeah. and cool. Uh, uh-huh. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm You're glad welcome. I'm glad that you got the barbecue. 
Oh, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I'm glad I'm that it, I'm glad that it was a, s- a strong memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a word for it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't have any I I cannot claim to have anything that pas- impassioned <laughs> involving any kind of Bach. Um, however, uh, uh, for sure, some of the breweries around Atlanta, and we do have a number of really good little craft breweries in town, um, uh, are making, especially my box, because um, those are a little bit brighter. They have like a little bit of hop flavor to them, which most box do not. And uh, yeah, and and just really, really nice, refreshing spring beer. So I am yeah. looking forward to getting a few of those in the uh, coming months. Yeah, I was thinking about it for our whenever we can <laughs> defeat the scheduling demon for D and D. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about bringing some some next time. But yeah, I gotta I I want some after doing the research for this episode. It's been a minute since I've had one. Yeah, yeah, I really. I really want to seek out some of the um, less common style, some of the styles that aren't as commonly found around mm-hmm. here and see, just see what they're all about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I approve. Um, <laughs> I guess this brings us to our question. I guess it does. Sure. Bach beers. What are they? Well, uh, Bach is a category of lager beers that are focused on the malts, uh, that, that is, the, the toasted grains that they contain, and are light on hops, so they tend to taste smooth and um, maybe a little bit sweet and, like, toasty or nutty or caramel-y. Uh, within the category, there are a few different styles that bring out different sort of features, of that category. Uh, Hells or Maybox are brighter. Doppelbox are stronger and maybe a little bit speeder. Um, Weizenbox are weedier, perhaps obviously. Um, Weiss meaning, yeah, anyway, sure. Uh, uh, Icebox are concentrated and might be fruitier. Uh, Box can range in color and alcohol level accordingly, but tend to be uh, amber to brown and in the mid to strong alcohol range, like above 6% alcohol by volume, sort of Maybe a little bit warmingly boozy. Yeah. They're they're like the polar opposite of IPAs. If an IPA <laughs> is super focused on the hops, these are super focused on the malts. Um, and yeah, just really exploring what the grains in beer can taste like. Uh, they're like they're like a like a good wool scarf on a bright cold day in the spring. Mm. Sounds lovely. Yeah. It sounds lovely, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. Beer. B- beer is a grain soup or, or tea, I guess you could say, um, that you balance with bitter hops and uh, ferment using friendly yeasts that eat some of the sugars in the grains and then poop uh, alcohol, carbon dioxide, and flavors. Yeast poop. So, when you're making beer, your first step is to find some grains to ferment. Uh, barley and wheat are common, but before you do that fermenting, you you want to develop the the flavors and the sugars in the grains to, I mean, you know, like flavor your brew and to give your yeast the, the most food, the most sugars to, to work with. So you do this by malting the grains. 
That is, you you let them just barely start to germinate or, or sprout because grains are seeds. And when they start that sprouting process, they convert some of their complex carbs into simpler carbs. And then you uh, toast or roast them to stop that. Just just put a just put a nope 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 right on top of that process and um and to add some color and flavor through like caramelization and the Maillard process, and that is your malt. Um, there are many 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 specific varietals of grains that are treated in really specific ways to create just all kinds of malts from pale gold to deep amber to to black in color with all kinds of uh, bready, toasty, or roasty flavors, or some combination thereof. Uh, but, okay, all right, you, you, you got your malts. The next step is fermentation. Um, I said earlier that box are lager-type beers, and that refers to the type of yeast that is used to ferment it. Um, lagers are made with yeasts that thrive at relatively cool temperatures. These are sometimes called, or sometimes are, uh, bottom fermenting yeasts because they easily sink to the bottom of a fermenting vessel and uh, traditionally were collected from the bottom when you were making your next batch of beer. In comparison, the, the yeasts that are used to make ales thrive at warmer temperatures and are uh, usually top fermenting, uh, meaning that they kick up more foam at the top of the vessel uh, while they're working and are collected from the top when they're done. Uh, but yeah, th those lower temperatures in lagers mean that the fermentation process happens more slowly. And the resulting beers will really benefit from being aged a bit, like a few months at least, in, in cool conditions. Um, and this process is known as lagering. Uh, lager yeasts don't produce as many like floral or, or fruity flavors as ale yeasts do, so, so they let the flavors of the malts really shine. Uh, the, the sweetness of those malts gets balanced out by the fact that the yeasts have a longer while to, to work, so they eat more of the sugar. So, so lagering tends to produce really smooth and, and crisp-tasting beers. Like, they have the flavor of a sweet bread without being sweet, which is so interesting. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, bocks are traditionally brewed in winter and lagered until sometime in the spring. A regular, uh, just straight up bocks are dark brown in color and toasty in flavor. They're often uh, pulled and drank around Lent and Easter. Doppelbocks are a stronger, darker version of the style with um, roastier flavors. Uh, they are also associated with the Lent season. Maybox, literally May, like the month of May, box um, are also called hells, and they are pulled in early May. Uh, they're paler in color and are the one kind of bock made with more pronounced hop flavors. So they're sort of um, like like bright and chewy, kind of. Uh, Weizenbachs are the wheat beers of the category. Like if you ever wished that you could put your Hefeweizen through like one of those like Quiznos toaster ovens, <laughs> like that's uh -huh. that's sort of that's sort of what you're what you're getting there. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, and uh, and icebox are made by literally freezing out some of the water from the brew once it's made. Uh, uh, ice ice box, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. cre creating a, a strong, a deep sort sort of rich beer that can have some fruity flavors. Uh, those last two are harder to find around the United States, though there are some craft breweries that are picking them up, and that's just like a small sampling of things that are within the Bach 
tradition. You can find a lot of different, like especially around the winter holiday season, there are some more little little kind of subcategories or um, side quests almost into into the box style. Oh, box side quest. I have to say, I was intrigued by the ice. The ice one. Yeah. I kept popping up in my research and I was like, I have never heard of this. <laughs> I, I don't think I've had one, but now I really want to. I also do like I have the problem of uh, just by the tasting notes on a beer menu, I will automatically mm. go to the one that is the strongest <laughs> in alcohol mm. content. And then I'm like, Lauren, what are you doing? Like you're right. you're you're a <sighs> tiny person. Like you can't if you have that, mm. that's all you're going to get to try. <laughs> right. <laughs> um it but, is an issue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It sounds lovely, yeah. though, right? It does. If anybody's had one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of, what about the nutrition? Drink responsibly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we do have some interesting historical beliefs about the nutrition. We do. I mean, the history section. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, there are, we do have some numbers for you. Okay. Yes, because there are a number of Bach festivals in early spring, like like March through May. I saw in a bunch of them that like it it's a thing, like part of the celebration, they were like, come get your beer poked with a hot poker. I was like, what? Like a like a number of the festivals were like, this is a thing. And I was like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um, I've got to know. <laughs> apparently, it like adds some nice caramel flavors. It like really makes it foam up. Like I, I'm not. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, y'all write in. Let me know. Yes, um, please. But okay. So all right. For for reasons that we will get into in the history section, um, a lot of Bach beers have goats on the label, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's it, there's a goat association there. I read so many Bach is the the goat beer, greatest of all time oh, beer. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so uh-huh. many, so many puns in this reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so all of these numbers have to do with goats. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> one, one, one festival um, uh, run by Sly Fox Brewing out in Pennsylvania features a goat race with like 40 to 60 participating goats every year. And the brewery does name their annual Maybach after the winning goat. Who names the goat? Oh, the farmer who owns the goat, the goat owner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My dad had really (laughs) strong opinions about goats, so. Oh, really? He loved goats, but he he had one as a kid. He was on a farm and he said... Don't mess with the goats, essentially, is the message I took away. I mean, that's so probably I'm, good advice. That's <laughs> I'm trying to imagine getting 40 to 60 goats to race. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I need to look some video up. Yeah, I, I definitely, the, the, the words that I read uh, about this were like uh, chaotic. Yeah. And interesting <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> uh, yeah uh, that sounds about right yeah yeah okay okay I, I um, think I've got a good picture in my <laughs> mind then all right <laughs> uh okay uh Meanwhile, uh, Louisville, Kentucky has had Bach festivals as far back as 1858. 
And the modern iteration, which is only a few years old, um, uh, involves a, a day in late March with lots of local brews and music and food, including a best of the worst sausage competition. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Um, there's also <laughs> a full panel of goat races throughout the day presented by Jefferson County Farm Bureau. Um, it, it kicks off at noon with a blessing of the goats from a local... <laughs> from a local pastor um, uh, or church human, I guess. I, I didn't check. Uh, and in 2023, th- this involved 10 separate races of 10 goats each, including uh, baby goat and adult goat categories, each sponsored by a local business, including but not limited to the first urology cath me if you can adult goat race. Wow. That's a set of words (laughs) strung together. I don't know that I ever anticipated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, They did enter a goat of their own into the race. Its name is Urethra Franklin. (laughs) Well, I hope you did well, Miss Franklin. Yeah. Um, and of course, at this festival, they specify, the, the, the organizers specify that all goat costumes and fashions are encouraged. So, Of course. <laughs> goat fashion always. <laughs> uh, this just happened as we're recording this like last weekend. So if anyone went and has pictures, I need to see them. Um, yes. Uh, okay. One more. One more for you because I could have kept going on about these festivals and their goats. But okay, um, in Cincinnati, Ohio, the first weekend in March sees their Bach Fest. Um, this year was their 31st. There's a local brewers competition, a gender-neutral pageant that crowns each year's sausage queen. Um, and there is a parade, um, I quote from their website, traditionally led by a goat pulling a keg and the reigning sausage queen. Um, yeah. So there's that. Of course, there's goat yoga. Um, (laughs) There's Uh also, okay, this one is not goat related. Um, There's also an annual uh, precipitation retaliation happy hour prior to the festival kickoff. Um, Because, okay, what had happened was um, in 2008, Bachfest was all but shut down um, by, uh, by a snowstorm. And so every year after that, they've gotten together before the fest and burned an effigy of a snowman to ensure good weather. Again, I quote from their website, the gods were thus put on notice and provided us with a beautiful Bachfest weekend. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I I have to say that I am disappointed in myself and everyone that I've ever known for never bringing me to a Bachfest. I'm like, what have we all been doing with our lives? Because these sound like a rip roar in good time. <laughs> they do, and they're so beautifully strange. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just real bonkers. A burn a snowman. <laughs> I, it's an effigy of a snowman, so it's not it's not made of snow. It is it will burn. Um I've seen the photographic proof. Um <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh. Oh, See, wow. just when you thought that there weren't nice things in the world. <laughs> a goat pulling a keg. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, I, I'm at a loss for words, <laughs> to be honest. Um. Well, um, okay. How how about this? Uh, uh, let's, you know, we, we do have some history for you, but but let's go to a quick break for a word from our sponsors and let Annie recover a little. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And I think I've got my mind back on track. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's try it. <laughs> All right, let's let's see what happens. All right. uh, so, yes, uh, we have established, oof, beer is old. Beer is old. Oh, yeah. You can listen to many of our beer episodes to learn more about it, but old. Mm-hmm. Most sources agree that box-style beers in particular were a type of beers that were originally brewed as malty ales that came out of Einbeck, Germany, uh, sometime during the 14th century. Um, and, you know, these beer episodes always get more political and economical than I'm anticipating. Yeah. But <laughs> one of the things, I, I kind I'm, I'm condensing this a lot because it was very political and economical. Um, but Einbeck was a well-known and popular brewing center and beer exporter at the time, but it was also this member of a very powerful set of merchants, this merchant's guild, and their style of beer benefited at, from being a member. Yeah, of that. yeah, because, right, like, that happened to be what they were making, and they got their product mm -hmm. out to more places and more people than a lot of other uh, uh, beer styles could. Exactly. Um, and also in part because of that, they were seen as somewhat of an authority in beer brewing because more people were having their beers. So like they must know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but also they were an early adopter of hops. Yeah. Uh, hops grew really well in that area and they used them for both flavor and as a preservative in, in their beers. Um, another thing they had going for them in these early days was the color 
of their beers because at the time, a lot of the ales that were available were dark and murky, but theirs, uh, at least some of them were pale, which was almost seen as like a novelty. Like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were one of the first places that, um, as we talked about in our hoof, in our stout and porter episode, perhaps, um, uh, the, the, the process of toasting malts to, to a gentle pale color um, mm-hmm. was a technology that was not, or maybe not pale ale. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the technology to achieve a, a light roast wasn't something that was developed until a little bit on down the line. Um, so when these, these paler ales came out and paler beers in general, it was, um, right. It was like, Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Wow, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole trend for a while, and then it kind of reversed later, but that's that's later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the brewers would typically make this style of beer in winter and then release it in the spring. And Bachs were primarily brewed in Einbeck until the 17th century-ish, and then they were reimagined in Munich around the same time, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and they had been exported and sold in Munich, so people in Munich were trying to figure out how to make it Mm. put their own spin on it Mm -hmm. that kind of thing uh as you mentioned lauren um many historians theorize that the name bach is a corruption of einbeck uh in the bavarian dialect meaning it was only in use after the beer came to munich and i love this some people think it's Ein Bach bitte. One Bach, please. Ein Bach. Anyway, the name. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I like that idea. Yeah. Um, But the name uh, meant Bach, ram or uh, male goat in German, Um, which is why goats (laughs) are frequently part of the logo Mm -hmm. for these styles of beers and apparently in races in festivals. (laughs) (laughs) Just fantastic. I'm pleased to report that I've seen so many photographs of baby goats today. (laughs) Terrific. You should be. I'm happy Aces. for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you really never know where the research will take you. You don't. really don't. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, this kind of dynasty of Einbeck and uh, these Bach beers from Einbeck fell uh, in the 1600s-ish because in part of the Thirty Years' War that all but decimated this merchant league. It, that Einbeck was part of, um, as well as their brewing industry. There was also um, economic competition, a severe fire in the region, just a bunch of things went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really slowed their exports down massively. Um, but the Bavarian Duke Maximilian was a big fan, as the story goes, and he did not like that he couldn't get his hands on as much of Bach beer as he desired, okay. as he was used to. So he brought in Elias Pichler, who was a specialist in this type of beer in 1612. And he tasked this brewer with making some Bach beers in Munich. Ah, okay. It seems he was not allowed to leave <laughs> oh. until he completed this task to the Duke's satisfaction. I only found that in a few places, so I'm not All sure right. if it's true. Like a Rumpelstiltskin situation. I like this. Okay. It kind of felt like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it took about two years before he was brewing something that was close enough 
to this box style from Einbeck that the Duke was like, okay. And then production began in earnest. But meanwhile, as I said, Munich brewers uh, were experimenting with the style. Um, they were at the time known for brewing these darker ales. And they added that into the mix uh, with these this new lager brewing techniques that was coming out of, ah, sort of okay. these experiments with Bach beers. There yeah. you go. So there, there's where you get the uh, the darker colored malts back in. Okay, great. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But also, <laughs> I love this, and a lot of this might not be true either, but okay. Um, allegedly, the Doppelbach, our Doppelbach, was created by 17th century Polliner monks, and this was a sect of monks founded in Germany. And guess what? It has to do with lint. What? What? <laughs> um, I swear. It comes up all the time. I'm never expecting it. Uh, it was this hyper-malted, grain-packed beer that was meant to be drunk during the Lenten fast. I say again, oof, that sounds horrible <laughs> to drink this while you're fasting. But okay. <laughs> yep. Um, sure. Yes. So from what I read, these beers had more flavor and more alcohol. Um and depending on where they were brewed and what they were brewed with, like some were brewed with Pilsner malts, mm -hmm. they could be pale or dark in color. Okay. But a lot of things I read, uh, going back to that kind of historical uh, nutrition, in heavy quotes, aspects, uh, said that it was believed that these beers provided like more protein and carbs during fasting, mm -hmm. like uh, bread or grain in a glass, if you will. Okay. Um Okay. Also, also according to, I'm not sure if it's true, <laughs> history uh -huh. here. Um, the monks nicknamed this beer um, the the Salvator, um, the Savior. Okay, and okay. so this is why today you will still see most Doppelbach style beers named something Ater, like like A T O R is the end of the name, and that oh. that is a clear sign that something is a Doppelbach. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, so German monks introduced this beer style to Italy in 1627. And according to a few sources, the name actually comes from its similarity to Bach beers. I find this okay. so fascinating. So I've always thought it was, you know, double Bach, like just stronger. Sure. But according to a couple sources, at least, um, it's more that people noticed that it kind of tasted like a Bach beer. So they called it Doppelbach, like a doppelganger. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, like a yeah. like like a double, not as in strength, but a double as in like a like a mirror or like yes. similarity situation. Oh, that's so fun. That's cool if it's true. That's really neat. Cause I've yeah, I've never thought of it like that. Very cool. Um huh. I guess. Martin Luther, you know that guy, yeah. that religious folk, uh, served it at his wedding. Yeah, supposedly uh. <laughs> he dug it because, like, it had been served to him to kind of cheer him up while he was in the middle of, like, you know, having to defend <laughs> yeah. himself uh, mm -hmm. and his ideas. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, maybe I've, I've read that in a number of places, too. Yeah, I also read he showed up. At one of those defenses with some. Oh, okay. And was hmm. like, this is a, a beer of the righteous. Like, oh. He was just saying how good it was. I don't know. Uh, but it did come up in a lot of sources. And because of this, I guess, some of the <laughs> brewers 
of these beers were so excited about this endorsement that they put his face on their labels and called it the beer of Martin Luther. Ah. Um, I've, se- I've seen these I've labels. Seen that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some of the, the earliest Bach beers that were exported to the U.S., were this like beer of Martin Luther with his face on it, and it strengthened the association. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, quite a thing, quite a thing. Um, speaking of, in the U.S., when German immigrants arrived in America, their beer taste came with them, and that means that areas with high German immigrant populations like Milwaukee do have breweries producing a type of Bach beer, although it's not limited to that at all. Oh, but certainly not. In the early days, kind of, Milwaukee was a big one. And I looked up because, you know, I had had Shiner Bach. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about that? Uh, that came out of Shiner, Texas, and it debuted in 1913 or 1915. It sounds like they kind of got to the recipe in 1913 and then maybe sold it sure. in 1915. But that that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, another another sort of side quest, because I it kept coming up in my search <laughs> results, um, I, I need to mention that the Portuguese beer brand Superbach launched in 1927. It is not a Bach, it is a Pilsner. Um, uh, and today, the recently rebranded um, Super Bach Group is the largest Portuguese beverage company. And its beer, which is a Pilsner, <laughs> called Super Bach, is one of the top selling beers like in the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I do not believe that they make a Bach at this time. Yeah. Do you think it's like a purposeful thing or a misunderstanding or just a that's the name? I didn't sticking with it. <laughs> I didn't dig into it too hard. Um okay. I was just like, well, that I don't have that much time for this one, but mm-hmm. maybe later we can come back to it. I I'd I, love to. I don't think I have any personal experience with this brand. Um or or this or so. this beer. Yeah. Well, listeners, as always. Oh gosh. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please, please, please let us know. This one is rife with, hopefully, questions that you can answer. Yeah, uh, for us. yeah, um, and and I don't know that this whole style. You know, we got so um, I'm comfortable saying obsessed with IPAs in the United States when the craft brewing scene started kicking up um, after all of those legal tangles kind of kind of got deregulated and we were able to open craft breweries again. Um, IPAs have ruled so intensely, and I am so glad to see other types of beers coming coming back, coming to light, um, gaining popularity. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe if we're tired of fruited sours, um, then, uh, then we can introduce some bucks into the mix. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, more more varieties, yeah, more options. Right. Always nice. Always good. <laughs> Nothing against either IPAs or fruited sours. I no, 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 no dissing here. Just sometimes you just have a different feeling, a different vibe of the day. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what we have to say about Bach beers for now. It is. We do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that after we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. And we're back with That's how I imagine my dad's goat. Oh. Whose name was Billy. Oh. You've got to gotta appreciate it for its simplicity. <laughs> Straightforward to the point. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So good. I'm wrong with that. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Stu wrote, just finished listening to The Joy of Cooking. Fantastic episode. Oh. I have a couple of things to cover. We have a similar traditional cookbook here in New Zealand that is in all Kiwi kitchens called the Edmonds Cookbook. Not sure if they have a similar one in Australia, but if they do, it's probably stolen from us, like pavlova and crowded apples. <laughs> uh, the three best things to come out of Australia are Tim Tams, Vegemite, and Kylie. Uh, we love hot cross buns toasted, smothered in butter with a smear of Vegemite. Not too much. And these, picture of Vegemite bagel bites enclosed. <laughs> um, your next road trip should be to New Zealand. We have epic food and wine for you to discover. Oh, um, I I agree. Yes. <laughs> I You write to our boss and tell him that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am down. Absolutely. A thousand percent. My bags, I can pack them now. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Oh, oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I um I really want to do more cookbook episodes now because uh, yeah. especially these these very um just very well loved, very popular mm-hmm. books that everyone sort of grows up with are super fascinating. Yeah, and now I, I want to check this this Edmonds cookbook out yeah. because I love that like in New Zealand that's the one. That's, that's the one. Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Also Australia, I was just reading the note. Don't come at me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love it. I I think it's all in good fun. I hope. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, then don't ungood fun the messenger. Yeah. That. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. All right. Angela wrote. 
I just had to tell you about my recent visit to the Gouda cheese experience in the Netherlands. Being a Colombian who moved to the Netherlands to study and a food fan, um, I was intrigued by the country's love for cheese. And boy, was I in for a treat. Before I left for the city, I searched through your catalog, and sure enough, an episode on Gouda was there. I heard it on my way there and knew I had to report back on my findings. The Gouda cheese experience was a total blast. It's an interactive museum that took me on a journey from milk to cheese in an attempt to train you to become a real Gouda cheese master, a title I now take very seriously. And I even got to dress up in traditional outfits. They had a cow milking simulator. I gotta say, I never knew learning about cow eating habits could be so much fun. But the real star of the show was the cheese. Oh my Gouda, the cheese was delicious. I ate so much of it, I'm surprised I didn't turn into a giant wheel of cheese. They had all sorts of Gouda cheese flavors and ages, and I tried every single one of them, uh, the old plain one being my favorite. The coolest thing I learned was how the hand slapping and handshake could settle the price for the cheese. Uh, okay, this technique involves a buyer and a seller agreeing on a price by slapping their hands together and then shaking hands. Here's how it works. Uh, the seller sets a price for the cheese. The buyer responds by slapping their hand on top of the seller's hand and offering a lower price. The seller then slaps their hand on top of the buyer's hand and offers a slightly higher price. And back and forth, hand slapping continues until they agree on a price that both parties are happy with. Once a price is settled, they shake hands to finalize the deal. I even got to practice the technique with another simulator. It was hilarious. Anyway, I just had to share this with you guys because I know how much you love your food. And honestly, the Gouda cheese experience is a must visit for anyone who loves cheese or just wants to have a ton of fun and not take life super seriously. <laughs> this sounds beautiful. Oh my gosh. They have a hand slapping price agreement simulator. This is yes. so amazing. It is. It is. Angela sent us pictures and listeners, you have you have to look it up. The cow simulator. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you hear the words cow simulator and you think you know it. Yeah. You, you don't. don't. Okay. No. Wow. It's amazing. I <laughs> Wow. Uh, once again, at a loss for words in the Bach beer episode. I it's wonderful. There's just that that is that is an an amount of of uh of not just care but joy that yeah. is really solidified into a cheeses and a number of simulators. I love there's multiple simulators. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> and of course cheese. Right. I'm glad you got to try all the cheese. Gosh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this hand slapping handshake thing sounds like something from D and D. To be honest, maybe. Oh I, oh, oh no! Oh dear! Oh no! Oh dear! <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Never give your DM ideas. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> well, thank you so much to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and 
What's that other one? Instagram. Um, all three at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Uh, Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.